Hi, everyone. See me, hear me, love me podcast is back after a very, very long year of not recording. We are recording on Zoom, which means anyone, anywhere can join the See Me, Hear Me, Love Me conversation. It's for parents of young children. It's to hear your stories so that you are seen, heard, and acknowledged for all of the messiness of life with kids. And that we can also see, hear, and cherish the messiness in your children because, How else could we be? So I want to know what's on your mind so that you can send me a message and join this conversation. Do you want to talk about the never-ending adaptations of life after COVID, with COVID, partnering with COVID, coexisting with COVID? Do you want to know about the messiness of living in a constantly changing world after we had all those illusions of control and certainty? Hmm, nope, it's all blown out of the water now. We can talk about growth mindset, how to embrace mistakes and learning and everything we don't know. We can talk about emotions, how many situations and emotions challenge us day after day, sometimes 12 emotions in one hour. You know, our mission has always been to help clarify and build our skills at emotional and social intelligence. So it's a great opportunity because we are being challenged just about all the time now. Is life with kids really this hard? Or is there an easier way? We can talk about that. Message me on Facebook, on Instagram, or email me. We can go far and wide now that we are recording on Zoom. And I'd love to hear from you. Now here's our podcast for today. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 225 of See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. And I am so excited. Um, Those of you who are listening can't see that I'm holding (laughs) up my new favorite book um, by author Mandy Franken, who is the Petite NP. And you can find out everything about her on thepetitenp.com. But Mandy has um, a story from her childhood about having a medically complex condition that brings understanding and fearlessness to how we interact with children, give children the tools to be be free agents, owning and not being defined by illnesses or medical challenges. And, And of course, in my world, helping parents really manage and navigate Um, scary, challenging worlds with conflicting information and what to do. So I'm going to let her tell you about her background. I'm going to let her tell you about the book. And then we're going to come back to really talking about how to support um, children with medically challenging diseases. But but even better, as as this book is about being a friend. So how yeah. to teach children how to be a fearless friend with some someone or some situation that they don't understand. Mandy, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> thank you. So thank you, thank you. Where do we begin? Um, you are a gift to children, to, to families. Oh, and, and a pediatric nurse practitioner. So really here to help parents and children understand the world of little people. So tell us about your story. Tell us about why you wrote the book. 
um, to begin. Yeah, sure. So um, thank you for having me. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Um, so I grew up in um, Baltimore, Maryland. And growing up, um, my dad was a pharmacist. So I always was very interested in, you know, like medicine and the bodies. And we always had those kind of conversations. And I had a pretty normal childhood until about three. I was staying over my aunt's house and um, she called my parents and they were actually away on vacation. And she said, Mandy cannot get enough water. She's climbing on top of the bathroom sink. She's shoveling water in her mouth. There's something wrong. So they rushed home and they took me right, right to Sinai Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes then. And um, the ER doctor told my parents as soon as we got, got there, they did my blood sugar. It was like 600 or something. And they said she will need, you know, uh, insulin for the rest of her life in order to survive. And um, I, of course, don't remember my parents' reaction or I probably I, I don't un, wouldn't have understood my parents' reaction, but I assume they were terrified in a state of shock. Um, even though my father was a pharmacist, you never think about it until, of course, something like this happens to you. So um, growing up, my family, my parents never made me um, feel different. They wanted me to be able to pursue my dreams, do what I wanted to. If I wanted to go to the birthday party and eat the cupcake, my mom was still in the corner, you know, like, come here, let me give you your insulin real quick. But I was still able to eat the cupcake. Um, so it's, um, you know, they, they did their best to make sure I had a normal childhood um, with this chronic illness, which I appreciate so much because I think that's a big part of who I am today and kind of put me on that path to become a nurse practitioner and to, especially in, in pediatrics, because it, that's when I was diagnosed. And I think that that has a big impact on where I am today. It's a beautiful story. Before we Thank get you. to the book, the two things that stand out for me are First of all, that even if parents aren't in the medical field, how magnificent to talk to very young children about bodies and science yeah. and health. So, I mean, that's such a, not all children have that magnificent, you know, we're good with literacy, but we're right. not always good with you know, we've talked about this in our classes. How do we create that science, technology, and engineering math mindset that just yes. says girls and all children are curious about how their bodies work? So I'm going to yeah. interrupt our whole flow for yeah. your for your one minute um, soapbox <laughs> on how to how to how to engage children. Um, with confidence, even if you know nothing about science and medicine. <laughs> yeah, I actually, like, I, I, I love this topic so much. Um, I'm happy you stopped and brought it up because I, I do think it's important. I'm a big fan of, you know, teaching kids, um, you know, the correct anatomy of your body, um, not making silly words for things, because I do think that's important to, um, you know, teach kids from a young age. Um, it's important 
especially nowadays, you know, learning that this is your body is your property and um, learning that from the very beginning is huge. That whole um, idea even start, that consent starts with babies and toddlers without absolutely. a doubt. But, but, but I, I love that. And I also, from your practice, what do you yeah. see about children's curiosity? Because I feel like, you know, we're, we're big, you know, again, I work with under two, but preschoolers, you know, we point to colors, we point to airplanes, we open the world outside of them, but the world within, mm-hmm. what are children in your practice in the early childhood years, in kindergarten and younger, curious about that you see are sort of gen- general themes of my body, it, my heart, my, you know, I mean, of course, pee and poop and, and all oh, of, of course. that is really important, but. Um, yeah, no, um, it is, it's funny. It's very cute. And I love, you know, asking those questions of, you know, I'll hold my stethoscope and I'm like, where does this go? And um, yeah, thank God for Doc McStuffins because it's made my job so much easier. Perfect. Um, so, I mean, it is really cute. Kids are very curious about where my heart is. And, um, you know, when we do talk about, of course, their favorite topic is poop always, always, no matter what. Um, but it is, it is really cool to see their perspective of uh, what isn't, you know, what a, a visit is about. And if they're, for instance, coming in for like a sick visit and I, I do a very focused exam at the end, they'll say, well, aren't you going to check my eyes? And it's cute to see like the things that they remember and pick up one. Okay. So one thing that parents might say or do to prepare their children for a sick visit or a well visit. So I'm, I love preparation. I think it's great. I think it can um, make a child much more comfortable. Um, I'm a huge fan. Everybody knows that at all my friends that have children at their first birthday, I will get you a doctor's kit. Um, because I think role playing is huge. So I love that when they come into the office, they can bring their own stethoscope, they can bring their own otoscope. So they know kind of what to prepare themselves for. Um, but for the well visit, sick visit, the biggest difference is a well visit. I am checking head to toe everything. Um, and your sick visits are going to be more focused. So if they're coming in for a cold, you're going to listen to the lungs, the heart, you're going to look in the ears, you're going to look in the mouth, the throat. Um, so it's more focused. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I'm, I've had some patients where the, and every kid's personality is different. So some parents are like, I'm not telling him about the shots beforehand because we'll be nervous about it for a full week. And that's okay. I guess. Then talk about it after. Help them process exactly. after, right? Absolutely. So everybody's kind of different in that sense. Well, I know on all of your materials, you've been writing, this is your first book. So I just heard six <laughs> dun, other dun, books dun. in there. So I'm very <laughs> excited about your future uh, library that you're creating. Thank you. The other question that I have for you, um, and it's, and it's it, I didn't want to go to this so quickly, but that image of you... Um, prior to diagnosis, trying to get that much water. Yeah. I, I'm not a parent, but I believe in children so strongly. And I've always felt like we can reassure parents that when something is wrong, children will reveal it to us. Absolutely. And, that, and so the power that your behavior was so strong um, 
I mean, because I'm imagining there, I mean, people aren't checking for childhood diabetes right. at that point. And so the subtle signs maybe were there. I don't know. How does that, how can, what, what is that, what do you take away from that, from that story that you, 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 you were so transparent in what your medical needs were? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that children, if there is something wrong in most situations, of course, there's those outliers, but in most situations, there will be signs. They will show you um, in some way, shape or form. And, and, you know, and they can sometimes be very vague symptoms. So, you know, she's drinking a lot of water. Is it because it's been hot out? Is it because we did a lot of running around? Or is this something else? is there something else going on here? And I think the fact that it was so dramatic that I was, I couldn't quench my thirst. It wasn't just like a hot summer day. It was, I was like a cat, like (laughs) on top of the bathroom sink. So I think that was what kind of gave that, um, you know, red light for my, for my aunt. But that idea that sometimes we dismiss signs to say, Oh, it's a behavioral thing or, you know, she's quirky, you know, it's like, no, Pay attention. So before we get to the friendship in the book, my question is, did you have stories of feeling misunderstood, no matter how well your parents normalized um, your situation, that parents can't put children in a complete bubble and there's going to be a process that the child is going to go through? Um, Yeah. What do you remember about how children responded to you? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like being unique and being accepting our differences for some reason is a new concept. Um, I feel like growing up, it was everything should be packaged in this beautiful, you know, bow and kids are supposed to be, you know, healthy and there's no issues and we're all supposed to be very similar to each other. So even though, yes, my parents did try to do their best as far as preparing me um, and making sure I did lead a, a healthy, happy childhood, there were still kids that, you know, their parents may not have taught them those things. So I would get questions like, why does she always have to go to the school nurse? Why does she get a snack during, you know, the middle of the day when we can't have one? Why can she carry a water bottle. Um, and I can't, so, you know, there were definitely questions. Um, and I admit I was not very well prepared of how to answer these questions because I came off as being different and I didn't want to be different. Um, so it's hard for kids. I do think, again, all of this needs to start early for kids with and without disabilities because it comes from both ends. You know, now I'm thinking how much we should have invited your parents <laughs> to be on the podcast. I wish they were still here. Both of them, unfortunately, passed away. But yes, yes, I would, I would do anything to do a podcast with them. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Thank you so the, much. Uh, the, the idea that parents protect and can't completely protect Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has to be an underlying message of the podcast, which is 
And and I and as yes. you've said in the in your opening, this has made you the person you are. And I know that parents feel so awful when they can't keep children yeah. in that protective bubble. Um, and they do blame themselves and they do do the what if game. Right. But that idea that um, I believe that that growth mindset, that that learning from the mistakes and the struggles is what builds our social emotional intelligence. And then it gives us the tools yeah. to be bigger and greater in our futures. So absolutely, I, I feel, I mean, we never want a child to be bullied. We never want a child to be tr treated poorly. We don't even want misunderstanding. And yet yeah. that is part of every child's journey. So yeah. let's get to the book and let's talk <laughs> about Myra and Albert's friendship. Yeah. Um, but before I do that, and it is, is, my best friend, a robot. It's available on Amazon. We will post the links. This is a beautiful book. And what Thank I need you. everybody to know, and I'm going to probably try to repeat it a hundred times in the next five <laughs> minutes, is you do not buy this book when you want to explain a challenging situation to a child. In early childhood, developmentally appropriate practice says, create the inclusive world, whether it's gender, race, disability, Ability, illness, whatever it is, this yeah. sh our children, if you are lucky enough for them to live in a bubble, do everything you can to open that bubble so that they know that there are differences. And, and that, I mean, there's a whole nother podcast topic is, is in your last comments, which is I wanted to be like everyone else. And I, and how do we manage difference? Yeah. And it's, and, and it's a tightrope. But the reality is the world is, is, is we need the world to be an inclusive, empathetic, understanding yeah. world. So tell the story, if you would, of Myra and Albert, the yeah. confusion, the misunderstanding, <laughs> the, the uncertainty, because it is typical. I mean, I believe every classroom teacher needs this book because oh, you can, you. I mean, think about, I can think about little, little book groups for, for yeah. three-year-olds and pre-K kids. You know, what would you do if you, if your friend was acting funny? When else does your friend act funny? I mean, we could have whole discussion questions that go with, with the book. So I love it. Tell, us, tell us the story, please. Yeah. So, um, I wrote this book. It's, um, two best friends, Albert and Myra, and, um, they play together. They do everything together. And one day Myra hears beeping and they're one of their favorite games is pretending, you know, they take the cardboard box in the living room and they make spaceships. Um, so she thinks, oh my gosh, Albert really is a robot. Um, so finally she finds out, she tells her mom they're going home and she's like, mom, I think Albert might be a robot. He beeps. And so of course she knows why he's beeping. And, and, um, the next day when the two kids are playing again, um, she, you know, starts talking and walking like a robot. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, I, I want to be a robot like you. And he's like, I'm not a robot. And she's like, but you were beeping. And so he explains to her that he has type one diabetes and he in um, very kid friendly terms explains what it is, what his insulin pump does for him, um, which is in place of his pancreas. 
And um, she's like, okay, that's cool. Let's continue to play. And that's that. And there wasn't a big deal, but now she knows. Um, and um, he was happy for her to ask that question. He was happy for to explain to her as well. So, um, and this is, again, it's not just for kids with diabetes, right? This is kids that have glasses or hearing aids or, um, you know, a feeding tube or needs to use an inhaler because they have asthma. It, it, it's so many things, you know? I agree wholeheartedly. And, and let me just sing your praises a little bit more because <laughs> it's not just a great concept book. It's a great book that, sh- that captures the best of children's imagination. You feel their friendship. And, and I will say, as you were retelling the story, I'm thinking, no, no, but they need to read the book because there's those <laughs> moments when Albert tries to pretend the beeping, tries to ignore the beeping. So yeah. there are layers of emotional complexity to these two adorable characters. So talk to me <laughs> about <you>. Albert's perspective. <laughs> I mean, I always say, if you can't say it in a children's book, um, philosophically, you're going to miss some really profound truth. And you I hit that truth because, it, you know, you can write the adult version of this and yeah. maybe you will um, in the sense of how do you, you know, how to, how to really, all those concepts, all those um, strategies, but it's all there and, and it's there in between the lines and it's in mm-hmm. that appreciation of these characters. So tell me Albert's perspective as you saw him um, as the character in the book. So I, you know, I feel like I was kind of obviously the idea behind Albert, you know, in it, um, you know, at first, yes, he tries to ignore the beeps and just kind of go on playing because again, you know, in this crazy world, we're sometimes taught that it's, you know, I don't want to necessarily be different. So um, eventually he came around to saying, no, that was my insulin pump beeping and he was happy to tell her. But at first he was probably a little skittish to tell her because Myra doesn't have an insulin pump. And as far as he is aware, Myra has, you know, un- no underlying conditions. Um, but, you know, that's a whole other book about invisible illnesses and disease that he may not even know about. Maybe she does, you know, take allergy medicine every day or whatever it may be. Okay. I know that you are doing book readings um, at schools and for, for groups um, because I want you to be out there leading these discussions with children. You you know, like right now we are still in COVID here in South Florida and we're not doing a lot of big events. Um, But there is such a need for you to, to talk to, for parents to watch you have this conversation with children and maybe do a follow-up Facebook group for the parents. So there's so much potential here. Um, and again, you can write 20 books, but there, but you can start with 
all of those books contained in here because I love that this book has emotions. I love that the parents in this book have a role to play as well. Um, And and so, you know, that idea of when a child um, is faced, whether it's a friendship or a classroom, a situation with a child and and a situation they don't understand, you know, give us like your top three recommendations. It's because parents don't know. Do I go talk to the other parent? How do I ask for permission? Am I allowed to have this conversation with my child if everybody's not having the conversation with their child? Um, Give us your big wrap-up recommendations uh, for how parents approach it. Yeah, so to me, it's it's never too late to um, to teach, right? So I don't want parents to ever say like, oh, I never really got around to, you know, trying to be inclusive. Uh, it's fine. They'll learn. It's never too late. It's, it's never too late. Um, but I do think it's important for parents to be involved in those conversations. And if they have questions to also be engaged in that learning process as well, um, I think it's huge for parents and children to learn together. Um, and kids, they, um, you know, I want, I always think it's important to lead by example. You know, kids are sponges. They soak up everything that you do. So um, how you treat other people that, you know, are, say, I don't know, walking, you're walking in the mall and you see someone in a wheelchair, um, you know, how you respond to that, kids see that. Um, And I think it's important to, like you had touched on earlier, be prepared for these situations. Don't wait until um, there's, you know, a kid in their class with a disability. Have this book way beforehand so that they're prepared for these situations. Um, and I'm a huge fan of, again, asking questions. You know, I'd say 99.9% of the time, if you see someone with something, for instance, I insulin pump. When people come up to me and ask me questions, I'm so happy to answer these questions and to dispel any myths that they might have. Um, but ask questions. Don't brush it off and say, oh, nothing's wrong with them. Nothing's wrong with them. Because it's don't not look, true. don't stare, you know. Right, right. And it's okay. Like it's 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 okay if there is a visual difference or something on this person. Um, you know have these open conversations with your children um, and allow them to ask questions as well. And I'm stuttering because I know I am the person (laughs) that often um, says the inappropriate things (laughs) because I'm, and I just want to say, I feel like if we make the mistakes, we grow and learn. Absolutely. And, and so it's that idea of saying, I am, I'm sorry for what I don't know. I'm sorry for insensitivity. I'm sorry yeah. for lack of awareness. Um, because the, the flip side of us being too polite or silent mm-hmm. is children creating worlds mm-hmm. around situations like um, being a robot, which is a harmless one. But in the in bullying situations, it's not mm-hmm. always harmless. 
the defensiveness in our silence becomes mean. The defensiveness means that person is the alien and we reject him or her. Absolutely. And so I don't want people to be uncomfortable. And yet, please, if you are uncomfortable, find resources like Mandy um, Mm -hmm. so that she can teach us all how to be more sensitive, more powerful, and um, and more empathetic uh, and really make this world um, just a better place for differences. And if it's coming from a good place, you're not going to offend me. So if it's coming from, I want to learn, there's nothing wrong with, you know, those questions that may come off as insensitive, but I know they're not. It's just, you know, you want to learn. I mean, I've had nurses, people in the medical field say, um, you know, if there's like a party or something and, oh, are you going to, you're going to, you're going to eat that donut? I sure am. <laughs> and let me tell you how and why. And I'm going to show you on my insulin pump, how much insulin I'm going to give. Um, and they're like, thank you for teaching me that, you know, and they're appreciative um, of, of learning that, you know, yes, type one diabetics and all diabetics can eat these things. It's just, we have to, this is my pancreas. <laughs> I have, to And I think this. that should be the wor- word for the podcast. And every child gets to, every <laughs> parent that listening gets, gets to go teach their child all about the pancreas. <laughs> I love it. Um, But um, let's close with telling people um, where to find you and the resources that you have on your website. Um, Also, I know you have an extraordinarily busy schedule, so I'm not sure. uh, I know you're on the book promotion uh, or uh, (laughs) available for book promotion. So I want people to know um, what they can ask of you and from you um, and where to find you on social media. But let me tell you, everyone, the website is is going to have COVID recommendations. It's going to have hand, foot, and mouth. It's going to have (laughs) age-by-age perspective um, so that when you feel lack of information and you need some guidance, Mandy is there. And and I just hope that you become a whole new... um, information resource source for all of us locally, because how lucky are we? And then all around the country. So we are so lucky to have you here in South Florida with us. Thank you. Thank you. I have loved getting to know you today. So tell everybody everything. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I have a blog, petitenp.com. I also post frequently on my Instagram, which is at uh, Mandy, the petite NP. Um, if anybody is interested in the book, it is on Amazon. Um, the link is also on my Instagram and blog. Um, and then if anybody is interested in doing, um, in-person readings or even virtual readings, thanks to this new COVID world, um, that's also a tab on my, um, website or blog. And then also you can also just direct message me on Instagram too. Fabulous. Well, this has been a gift to me and I am so happy and I can't wait to meet you in person. I know. I know. Hugs. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. I definitely want to hear from you. I want to hear your questions, your stories, your feedback. So message me at karen at familytimeinc.com 
or on Facebook, Karen Deerwester, or on Instagram, Karen underscore Family Time. And remember, you've got this and you're not alone. See you next week and thanks for listening. Bye.